Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by... Oh... Nobody else. Yes, the Dadley boys are right now literally on a plane flying to Las Vegas for double or nothing weekend. So I'm on my own talking about last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, I'm all on my own today uh, to talk all about last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. Andy Murray is going to be joining me later on today to... Uh, preview this week's episode of NXT, so I'm not going to go completely insane on the podcast today, thankfully. Um, But I really enjoyed last night's episode of Raw. It was the go-home episode, of course, ahead of Night of Champions. I think they did a great job of setting up uh, some of the big matches on that show um, and kind of subverting some of our slightly more pessimistic expectations from this show if you listen to the Raw preview yesterday. Let's dive straight into it, though, because the show opened with Cody Rhodes arriving at the arena looking resplendent in one of his amazing suits, and that lasted for a good five seconds until he was jumped by Brock Lesnar, who beat him up, tore his suit to pieces, chucked him around in the words of Adam Nicholas like an empty tracksuit, and then in a sort of callback to, what was it, Taker he did it to about 20 years ago? In a callback to that, he uh, smashes Cody's hand and arm. Um, He pins it, basically, between the uh, roller door thing that they had and a beer keg um, to set up a sort of show-long storyline, which I think mileage may well vary on it because of whether or not you're still on board with this Cody finishing the story development. Um, But I am definitely huffing the copium when it comes to WWE in this story, and I, I still, you're telling me there's a chance with this Cody story, and uh, yeah, he's been really put through the ringer in terms of them saying, oh, well, it's a bit cliche and a bit obvious to just put the title on him at WrestleMania. Will it make him work for it? By God, is he going to have to work for it before we get to, fingers crossed, SummerSlam. Um, but anyway, we go to the ring. There's Paul Heyman, who assures us he has nothing to do with what just happened backstage. Um, but 
He says, look, good luck at night, champions, against that beast, basically. Um, and he talks about the fact his special appearance on Raw went over so well last week that he's been invited back this uh, to hype us on the three main events of Night of Champions. Right. I'm excited about Night of Champions, too. I think there's some really big matches on that card. But I don't know how many times WWE has to hear this. That's not how main events work. The main event is the last match on the show. You can't have three of them. Anyway, um, he also added a little intriguing tidbit, I suppose, uh, regarding the big tag title match, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens uh, against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa uh, for the WWE Unified uh, Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, what we're bloody calling them, um, pointing out that the Usos are going to be watching at home to see Roman and Solo beat Kevin Owens and uh, his rat bastard of a friend, Sami Zayn. Is that going to be the case? We'll have to tune in on Saturday to find out, I suppose. But no sooner had the words Owens and Zayn left his mouth than their music hit, and Paul Heyman did a face. Uh, Owens and Zayn make their entrance, and by the time they get down to the ring, in the words of Sami Zayn, he scuttled off as Paul Heyman somewhere. Um, they do a big recap of the events of SmackDown, of course, which I loved, and if you want to know more of my thoughts on it, where I'm not just talking to myself in a padded room, uh, you can listen back to the SmackDown review from earlier on this week with me and Michael Hamflet. Um, Sammy and uh, Kevin, though, cut the promo saying um, he must think that he's really got some zingers in on us there, and, and, and what's happened really hurt us, but actually... You know what? Feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. We're heading into our biggest title defense against Roman and Solo. Um, Sammy says, I know this one's personal, uh, but I've said everything I want to say. Um, Owens has got something to say, though. Uh, Roman obviously dedicated the win to Afa and Seeker of the Wild Samoans, and that's inspired him to dedicate their victory at Night of Champions to the Pillars, uh, see what we did there, of the bloodline, Jimmy and Jay Uso. Look, I love this slow disintegration of the bloodline. So I was just oh, swallowing all this whole. Um, Sammy loves all this uh, and says, don't forget, by the way, we've got a trios match tonight, but we need a third person to help us against Imperium. This brings Imperium out and they do the whole Nexus-esque surrounding of the ring, although only th three people in a group can't really surround a ring because there's, there's four sides. Um, but... Uh, Matt Riddle sprints out and slides in to help the baby faces. Imperium go to back off, then go to attack, and eventually Gunther gets hoyed over the top rope along with his uh, boys, and uh, they back off ahead of the match later on in the evening. Uh, good, uh, you know, as good as a opening show talky thing can be. But I've got to say about the the uh, Brock and Cody attack or Brock attack on Cody, I should say. Um, yeah, I think we'd all kind of grown a bit weary, even in this storyline, let alone over the years with Brock, of, okay, it's the go-home episode of whatever show it is, ahead of the pay-per-view premium live event. Brock and so-and-so is going to get into it. They're going to throw some punches. They're probably not going to get as badly, badly bloodied up as John Cena did ahead of, was it Extreme Rules, I think, uh, where he just chinned him for real. And there's going to be boatloads of security or goobers from the locker room getting hoyed hither and thither, and they can barely be kept apart and what have you. This, yeah, just was a nice change of pace, really, of just, well, why would Brock wait around, jump that 
jumped up prick in his eyes, beat him up and hospitalized him ahead of their, it's not really a match, is it? Their fight in Saudi Arabia. Um, anyway, we go to a break, we come back, and Byron Saxton is waiting for an update on Cody. Postman Pierce walks by, he says Cody's being evaluated, but he won't comment on the rumors of a possible broken arm for Cody. Uh, and then we got our first match of the night, Bronson Reed versus Ricochet. Uh, I felt a bit sorry for Ricochet, because we all could kind of see which way this one was going, and I think he's done really good stuff since forming that weird sort of semi-punishment, but actually this works quite well, team with Braun Strowman. But the problem Ricochet has, is he's a bit like Dolph Ziggler, is his bumping for a big lad looks goddamn awesome. Um, and there was, you know, merit to why this match was happening. Um, obviously, Mustafa Ali has won the title shot with Gunther uh, at Night of Champions as a result of last week's Battle Royal, where the um, final couple of people in there with Ali were... Bronson Reed and Ricochet and Ali had to do that drop kick to them to knock them off the apron and Bronson Reed has subsequently blamed Ricochet for costing him that title shot. Ricochet gets some early offense in, um, but Bronson Reed, for anyone who's been watching him in NXT, uh, doesn't half do a good run over spot. He hits him with a body block, uh, hits an elbow drop. Uh, running shoulder tackle off the apron. That takes us to a break. Ricochet's in trouble when he comes back. Uh, he's having to knee his way out of a delayed vertical suplex, but then he runs straight into a Samoan drop for a near fall. Ricochet makes a comeback, kicks Lion Salt, but Reed's like, oh, a draft? Has someone left a door open or something? Um, but a great uh, fight back from Ricochet when Reed tried to do something off the apron and Ricochet just nailed him with a knee strike. That looked nice. Um, so Ricochet seizes the opportunity, sets up for something big and flippy, but as he tries to do a big springboard move, Reed takes back over, hits a power slam, hits the tsunami, gets the one, two, three. The one thing I always feel like with the tsunami, and you know, far be it from me to tell wrestlers how to wrestle, I've never taken a bump in my life. I don't necessarily want Bronson Reed to balance on the top rope. He's a big lad, and even the, you know, most talented high flyers, yeah, look at someone like a pack, for example. It can get a bit wobbly up there, but just before he hits the tsunami, I'd like him to just sort of emphasize, I'm going to squash this nerd. So just take a moment as he climbs up the turnbuckle to acknowledge that, look at the size of this man. Can you imagine that? what that must feel like flying off the top rope onto you? Anyway, um, Bronson Reed gets the victory. Good sort of re-establishing of him. And yeah, Ricochet with his jaw-dropping offense, kind of unaffected by this. And uh, certainly around a Saudi show, not the worst booking he has had. Um, Kathy Kelly's in the back chatting to uh, the newly recalled to the main roster, I suppose, Apollo Crews. He's very excited to be back, as he should be. He's done great stuff in NXT, and he hopes Cody Rhodes isn't dead. Um, here comes um, Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley, Mammy. Oh, my God. Oh, hang on. He's not here, so I'll just have to... There we go. Um, Dom's annoyed on behalf of Mammy that this is her interview time, but Kathy's like, yeah, I'm getting to you. Wait your turn. Uh, I'm chatting to Apollo Crews, and Dom does the whole, <laughs> Apollo who? This sets it all up. Crews says, like, I'm everything. You're not. Dom doesn't care. He says, go on, Rhea, cut your promo. And she looks down the camera lens and sends a message to Natalia. Uh, she's going to make an example out of her. She's going to regret being drafted to Raw. She's going to end her legendary career at Night of Champions. And I'll be honest, I love Rhea Ripley. 
I think this role for her is the best we've ever seen her. But just a Natalia feud, I was a bit like, eh. Like, I know it's the, you know, first few shows after, first few title defenses for Rhea after the big WrestleMania win. So you know she's not going to drop the title. But Zelina Vega, as obvious as that title retention was going to be, was sold to me a lot better than just, it's Natalia. It's a bit like, it's Dolph Ziggler. They'll have a good match. Nothing against them in terms of in-ring stuff, but it felt especially like with this with Natalia. They've they've done very little in terms of setting this up for a match. Um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley's probably going to get another big W on Saturday, so good for her. Um, so Cruz is like, okay, my turn now. And uh, Dom, well, he gets tough basically once he's hiding behind Rhea Ripley. It's the age-old thing of like the the little pipsqueak hiding behind his big bully mate, except Dom's big bully mate is Rhea Ripley. Um, and they're going to remind everyone who runs Raw. Um, and Cruz basically says, I'll see you out there. Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. Um, more of those uh, sit-down interview clips with Seth Rollins, which I do think have done a really good job. I mean, I get why they kind of had to do it, because he's off filming, what is it, Captain America or whatever. But it is a good setup. It's made what is quite obviously a secondary belt feel big time for the likes of, of AJ Styles and in particular Seth Rollins here. It's a continuation, as I said, of the sit-down interview they did last week. Um, Rollins is talking about Roman Reigns. Do wish they will revisit that at some point because Roman just sort of got away with what he did at the Royal Rumble and then we all sort of collectively moved on. Uh, he he talks about his history with Roman Reigns, though. He says he loves him, but he doesn't like him. Talks about their brotherhood whilst they rapidly try and shoot the times they were in the Shield and Dean Ambrose wasn't quite in the same frame. Uh, he says Reigns has always been there for him, um, but Rollins just doesn't respect the person or the champion that he's become. He's been poisoned by his own ego. He's uh, taking opportunities away from everyone, and that was as selfish as you can be. Uh, Rollins basically wants to become world champion, so we can all forget about Roman Reigns. Good luck with that one. Um, he's going to become world champion, push the industry forward. After he wins the title, he wants people to step up and challenge him, uh, you know, not messing about with long bits of inactivity. Someone's going to have to take the torch from him or Reigns one day. Um, then he turns his attention to AJ Styles, calls him one of the greatest of all time, truly special. There's some nice footage from, God, like nearly 20 years ago. From a, I read somewhere, NWA No Limits. I'll, I'll admit, I wasn't watching that. So if I've got that wrong, I do apologize. But it was Styles versus what was then Tyler Black. And um, you see a clip of Styles talking about how he knew even back then Rollins was going to be a superstar one day. Um, and Rollins says, I'm at the top of my game. I'm feeling invincible. And there's going to be more to come. Oh, sorry. Where are all my manners? That was the first bit on Monday Night Raw of the Seth Rollins. Gets the fact of that in in due course. Um, there's an argument from Raw Talk last week. Damian Priest and Shinsuke getting into it. Damian's pissed that uh, Shinsuke cost him a shot at the world title, and Nakamura's like, "Oh, you're gonna cry about it like you did when you faced when you lost to Bad Bunny." Um, Priest gets into it. Finn Balor backs him off and says, "We'll deal with him next week." Um, Byron Saxon, he's a poor bloke, he's only trying to do his job Tries interviewing Balor, Priest gets in his face Because he says, well, Balor's getting ready for the match with Shinsuke um, They're going to 
pay, sorry, he's going to pay Shinsuke for disrespecting uh, their group. Of course, you've got uh, Finn Balor, you've got uh, Damian Priest, you've got Rhea Ripley, and you've got Dominic Mysterio. And collectively, they're in the f***ing judgment day. Yeah. So uh, Finn Balor is going to be on one side of the ring later, and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be on the other side. <laughs> God, no. I really hope the gaming lads aren't waiting to get into this studio thinking, I thought the uh, the rest of the podcast lads were off today, but there's no way Adam's just sat in, <laughs> sat in that studio on his own doing all the gimmicks, is it? Yeah, that's what's happening. Um, right, and then we got uh, another match for Zoe Stark. Great video package to establish her. Look, I've been singing her praises from, uh, from a long time ago when she was in NXT. It's the old difficulty of, you know, main roster WWE crowds aren't exactly loud at the best of times, and especially when it's people being brought up from NXT in recent years. People, not as many people watch that show, of course. Um, so I appreciate stuff like this, of just like, yeah, Zoe Stark's really bad person. She's going to tear people apart. She's going to expose their weaknesses. She's going to end the time of heroes, which is a great uh, setup for her. I don't know whether this actually achieved anything in terms of developing Zoe Stark because it just made Candice LeRae and more importantly than that, Nikki Cross, well, like a pair of idiots. So Stark comes in, no messing about. She immediately attacks Candice LeRae. Uh, Nikki Cross is there at ringside cheering on her mate. Um, that helps LeRae make a comeback, springboard crossbody to the outside. She's in control. She rolls Stark back into the ring and then Nikki Cross inexplicably decides... Well, we're about two and a half minutes into this match. I think it's time to, to give a big old cuddle to Candice LeRae. She jumps on her back to do that. That stops her from getting back in the ring. That allows Zoe Stark to recover. She rolls back out, pushes both of them into the steel steps, or pushes them, and Candice LeRae spills into the steel steps. Hoys her back in, hits it with that mint sort of... It's, it's the GTS, but it's got a spin as part of it as well. It's called like the Z360 or something. It's class. Um, she hits that and gets the victory. So good. Zoe Stark shouldn't be losing anytime soon. But yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, especially with someone like Candice LeRae. She be she deserves so much better. Um, I like Mustafa Ali, and I like that they're doing something with him. And as cliche as it is, I like the fact he's got a title shot with Gunther at the pape. But. <laughs> The sadist in me also likes when stuff like this happens. Staxton is uh, interviewing Ali in Gorilla, uh, and he goes to do his usual positive Ali thing, and he's like, oh, I can't do that today. Look, I've been dreaming about an opportunity like this. Um, you know, my career has been failure after failure, but finally I've got my chance against Gunther. And it was, yeah, good old baby face. Oh, go on, lad. You haven't got a bloody hope in hell, but good for you. Brock Lesnar breezes past these two guys and before he goes through the curtain he just turns around looks looks at Arlie and goes get a life kid <laughs> he's Brock's comedy chops are incredibly underrated in my opinion so he walks down to the ring he gets a mic he does the whole oh, what do you guys want to talk about uh, and he gets the 
expected reaction because that's not his thing. That's the thing that the guy says who he nearly killed earlier. Uh, so the booze ring out and he says, yeah, I'd boo Cody too. Uh, but he won't be here tonight, and he's not going to be working or fighting Night of Champions either. But don't worry, Brock Lesnar's not going to let you down. Yeah, I'm going to issue an open challenge. Anyone back there can fight me in Saudi Arabia. All you got to do is step out and go face-to-face with me right now. And, of course, Cody Rhodes, brave man of the people that he is, walks out, his arms in a sling, his shirt's all torn to pieces. No music, surrounded by officials telling him he shouldn't be doing this. But Cody doesn't care. He gets into the ring. He takes off the sling. And Brock Lesnar looks looks at him like a, a lion looks at a wounded gazelle that inexplicably decided to fight the lion. Yeah, that's all gone, kind of got away from me. I apologize. Um, Lesnar, gentleman that he is, takes off his hat first. And then they brawl. Lesnar, of course, takes over because he's fighting a one-armed man. And we get the Brock Lesnar-Kimura gimmick, which... I, I do, how do I feel about that? As a, an MMA fan, I do like the fact that they put that over of like, he's got this UFC experience, why wouldn't he utilize it? But also, as an MMA fan, I know that once certain people lock in a Kimura, you're not there going, ooh, ooh this hurts a bit, I hope I can get out of it. You'll tap immediately, because it's tap or snap. Um, and... Yeah, sometimes it, it snap and they recover with John Cena levels of recovery, and sometimes it's the real thing because you can't really just, you know, take your vitamins and recover that quickly from a snapped arm. Anyway, they do the, the Kimura crank. Uh, he's yelling at Cody's face to fight him. A nightmare scenario for Cody Rhodes. And they do the the broken arm snap that you've seen with the likes of, well, Triple H, most obviously. Um, and as if that's not bad enough, Cody's selling that he's just had, if it wasn't injured enough already from being pinned between a keg and a roller garage door, it's just been snapped by one of the most terrifying former UFC heavyweight champions of all time. Lesnar then stands on it and stamps on it as well, just for, you know, rub salt into that wound, quite literally. Um, and Lesnar picks up his hat and, and walks away whilst Postman Pierce is like, help! <laughs> I think our big star's just had his arm snapped. But that, unbelievably, wasn't the last we would see of Cody Rhodes tonight. More on that in a while. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com wrestling. Wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Then we got Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. And uh, shock horror, I'm a big bloody fan of the Alpha Academy. Um, Viking Raiders are working over Chad Gable. There's We Want Otis Chance, and Otis makes the hot tag, gets a great reaction. And just, I, I, we've worked with the Viking Raiders before. They were uh, in WCPW. They are not little lads, and Otis made body-slamming Ivar look like a piece of piss. <laughs> he uh, does that, hits Eric with a caterpillar, um, but Valhalla gets involved. She pulls Ivar out of the way of a charge from Otis. Gable comes in. Um, Maxine Dupree, who uh, was kind of weirdly on the same page as the group here, confronts Valhalla, then realizes, wait a second, that's Valhalla, runs away screaming, <laughs> whilst Valhalla sort of goes after her. This distracts everyone in the ring, and that allows Gable to fight off a double team. He kicks Ivar off the top rope as they're going for their finish. He uh, O'Connor rolls Eric and gets the pinfall win. I tell you what, I didn't see it going this way. I thought, and I think it is still going to be long-term, a tug-of-war for Otis's affections, but more of this sort of thing. Yes, please. Uh, again, Byron Saxon is trying to find out if Cody Rhodes' arm's literally fallen off. Um, but Postman Pierce is like, I haven't got time, Byron. Uh, goes in. All you hear is Cody yelling, kicking him out of the room, and saying, I've got nothing to say, basically. Uh, there's a hype video for Indus Share. Uh, and then we got... Uh, a match we haven't seen in, ooh, three years, four years? Feels ages since we last seen Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura in the ring. And, yep, again, surprise, surprise, uh, they were really good together. Um, But it's the age-old thing of as good as Shinsuke Nakamura is and as good as a one-on-one -on -one match between him and Finn Balor could be, Finn Balor's got the flipping judgment day and um, they're going to be the difference maker, as we saw here. Um. Balor manages to take over uh, early on in the match after Priest clotheslines Nakamura behind the referee's back uh, before we go to break. After the break, Nakamura fights back, no sells, a few kicks. I think Nakamura's looked great since he came back, to be honest. Um, and he hit that great sliding German suplex where they're in the ropes, which is such a great, unique piece of offense. Taunts Damian Priest, sets up for the Kinshasa. Balor drops in, though, with a double foot stomp because he's... Got his head on a swivel, basically. Has Nakamura. Nakamura avoids the coup de grace, kicks him in the head. Oof. Priest pulls Balor out of the ring as uh, Nakamura's setting up for the finish. So Nakamura says, right, enough of this. Attacks him. Whoa, the lariat that put, put Priest in the timekeeper's area. That had some meat behind it. But 
as you would expect, because he's distracted himself with that and not concentrated on Finn bloody Balor. Balor drop kicks him into the barricade, gets him back in the ring. Coup de gras, one, two, three. But just a really enjoyable match between these two and potentially a reestablishing of Finn Balor um, as one of the top heels on Raw because we're going to have a new world champion by the end of this weekend and he's going to need to face someone going forward for Money in the Bank and a huge amount potentially for, for SummerSlam as well. Oh, God, I talked about this with, with Andy on the news this morning. We got an update on quite possibly one of the most cursed matches of this year, that tag match where it was women's tag champs uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan versus Damage Katarl, um, represented by, uh, oh, it would have been Bailey, wouldn't it, and uh, Dakota Kai. So not only is Liv Morgan injured, her shoulder's been just buggered and uh, Raquel needs a new partner. Dakota Kai, heartbreaking this, has torn her ACL. Get well soon, both of you. And uh, there's going to be a fatal four-way match next week on Raw. I do apologise. We previewed that yesterday. There's a bank holiday coming up on Monday, so there won't be a Raw preview coming up this week, which is probably for the best because then we just have to preview all over again. And we'd still say Ronda and Shayna are going to win the women's tag titles. But the big story, of course, as well, is who's going to be Raquel Rodriguez's new partner? Well, we found out after a, well, basically a squash match against Sonia Deville. Chelsea Green was there uh, cheering on her mate and tag team partner for this four-way next week. Uh, She thought the best way to distract this former NXT Women's Champion was throw some sunglasses in the ring. And, uh, yeah, I guarantee Hamlet would have loved the visual. (laughs) Just this... This giant super sauce stamping on someone's shades and they just exploded. That allowed DeVille to take over, though. She attacked. She took control. She hit a flying knee strike for a near fall. But uh, Raquel comes back, twisting sent on, and that great Tejana bomb finisher of hers for the 1-2-3. But the numbers game catches up to Rodriguez after the match. The heels both jump her when who makes the save? But Shotzi, she runs down and where is it? Oh, my God. Wipes them out, and this is the nicest compliment I can pay her, wipes them both out with a Darby Allen-esque suicide dive. Um, And later on, uh, we caught up with them, and uh, they were being so nice about each other. Um, Shotzi had said to Byron Saxton, you've no idea how much respect I have for Raquel. Uh, I'll always have her back. And Rodriguez was like, oh, cheers. Do you fancy having a tag team match next week? They're going to win the titles, they say, next week. And Shotzi's pumped and they walk off. Spoiler alert, as much as I like this as a team, that's not going to happen. Uh, In the back, a referee tells Postman Pierce that Cody Rhodes is now not letting anyone in his locker room. And uh, Postman Pierce is like, God, I don't have to deal with this all all week, do I? I don't have this on Fridays. Anyway, in comes Trish Stratus. um, And she's like, wow, That's pretty bad. You know what we should do? We should introduce a uh, no-touch policy in place because she's actually a bit scared of Becky Lynch ahead of their contract signing later on. And Pierce is like, I don't think we do need that. But he does say, thanks, Trish, but no. Um, Again, subverting our expectations, this contract signing. Like, there wasn't a, you know, big brawl. There was just a, a lot of talking here. But... Having glanced at Twitter, 
Oh boy, Becky Lynch, I think, got the better of this exchange. Uh, Becky Lynch's sunglasses, I didn't realise what they were initially. The worst pair of, like, in terms of being used for the, the thing that they're made for, if you didn't see them, but they're basically, imagine the, 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 the side bits, the arms of a pair of sunglasses, but on the front, it's just a pair of gold fingers doing a sort of peekaboo, I, I, where do they get these things from? Uh, Lynch walks down wearing all that garish gear that she wears, signs the contract, says, let's get on with this. Come on, Trish, out you come. Uh, Trish does all the heel shtick. Where are we even here today? Hershey, like the chocolate. Not a fan of Hershey, by the way. I haven't got the guys who've actually got good food takes with me, but, yeah, I remember you know hearing a lot about it as, a, as an English person, and someone brought some back from America, in my old job, and yeah, I think I preferred durian when they brought it back from Singapore, if I'm honest. Uh, Strata says, look, it's my first ever contract signing. Becky Lynch, you've had loads of these, this is my first, so you should probably thank me, because it was my work in the women's division that got this to a place where contract signings are a bit of a common thing. Um, There's a little jab at Becky's Irish jig gimmick, which sent a shiver down my spine, uh, Becky acknowledged that. <laughs> uh, Trish says, I'm still number one. I always will be. And I didn't need a broken nose to get over. Ooh. Uh, after I beat you at Night of Champions, what's going to happen to you, Becky, says Trish? You're going to have to go through all that stuff again. I've got you figured out. Your own you, your own worst enemy. You want to find a name or a face for the badness in your head? Just look in the mirror. Um, I'm going to sign the contract, says Trish. This will be my first and your last. Um, Becky takes off those preposterous sunglasses. She says, I know you're scared, Trish, but I'm not going to hurt you tonight. I want you 100% at the weekend. This is all about you being forget forgotten by history. You stayed the same. Look, the problem for you is that fans remember you as better than you actually were, whilst I, Becky Lynch, are even better than you think I am. Trish wants her flowers, though, says Becky. So I will say... Thanks, Trish, for being everything I hope I never turn into. You can stab people in the back, but I prefer to punch people in the face. It is why I can look at myself in the mirror despite my imperfections. I've had a career you could only dream of, whilst you've had one ugh, that would give me nightmares. And then came the line that got all the attention. If you think barking like a dog is embarrassing, just wait for Night of Champions. Woo! <laughs> Trish does not like this. She flips the table over and just storms off, and Becky's very pleased with herself, and quite rightly, pleased with that line. Having said that, I get it. It's a good burn. Do not like what it alludes to personally, but there you go. Uh, Postman Beers is on the phone with a mystery somebody. He says, look, Cody's uh, arm's going to uh, turn a different colour, probably. It's mangled his arm, but he's just not listening to anyone. But uh, whoever this is, sounds like they, uh, they've got a bit of experience in this department, and maybe maybe they'll show up later. There's this is where then we got the uh, Shotzi-Rodriguez pairing unification. Uh, and then it was time for Apollo Crews versus Dominic Mysterio. Um, similar to what we've seen from uh, Dom and Rhea in recent weeks against Xavier Woods. Um, the guy they're facing is really talented and better than Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, 
the UFC fighter. No, Dominic Mysterio in the ring. Um, but Mammy is the reason why Dominic Mysterio keeps winning and is the best heel in all of wrestling right now. I just love the heat he gets, I think. Um, Dom sets up early on with for a 619. Cruz ducks it and yanks him out of the ring, so Rhea Ripley gets in his face, and the distraction allows Dom to send him into the steel steps. Dom takes the ref, and Ripley just adds insult to injury by posting Apollo Cruz. Dom is more than happy to take a count-out win. Uh, I did like this finish. He's just sat there on the top rope, celebrating with the old classic trait of Babyface slides in at 9.99 just to break the 10 count. But Dominic Mysterio is not a dumbass. So he's like, well, I'm on the top rope. You've just slid in. You're exhausted. You've you barely just made it with all your faculties. So we just did a big frog splash onto Apollo Crews' back and got the victory. Great. Uh, then we got um, more sit-down interview stuff with Seth Rollins. Oh, and a, a really good AJ Styles video package before that, I should say. Corey Graves asks why the World Championship is such a big deal for Seth Rollins. Um, and they splice this in with loads of footage of, of Rollins that we've seen before uh, in documentaries and, and the like of him as a kid with his you know, cuddly wrestler toys and belts that he's made. It's weird. I know Seth Rollins has won basically everything within WWE, but I thought they did a good job of establishing this kind of being a bit all or nothing for Seth Rollins, which is partially true. Yes, he's been WWE champion. Yes, he's been universal champion. You know, yes, he's done these amazing things at WrestleMania, but this feels like one of the best versions of the the, the Seth Rollins character, and I am rooting for him. I'm yeah, AJ Styles is AJ Styles. I'm never going to besmirch him. But it has to be Seth Rollins on Saturday for me. Not just for the establishment or re-establishment, I suppose. I think I read something today that they are um, continuing the lineage. So it's going to be like, who was the last champion? Like Randy, I think. And then big old gap. And then Seth Rollins, hopefully. Uh, but it, it's not just good for, for the championship to give it to someone like Seth Rollins and the, the the prestige of having this be Rollins versus Styles rather than Rollins versus just a jobber, basically. But it's important for Seth Rollins. Um, yeah. Being in Birnas, says Seth, is his dream. Uh, he wanted it to be the best it could be. Um, and the new title was their moment to do something special. Don't put it on Styles just for the sake of a swerve, guys. Trust me. Look what happened at WrestleMania with that main event. Huh? Learn from it. Uh, big night of champions rundown. Rhea Ripley and Natalia is official. And then we got the match I'd been looking forward to all night. It was Imperium, Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci versus the tag team champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and their new best mate, Matt Riddle. Um, and the, the crowd were really into this, uh, particularly the bit where we got another peek at potentially a one-on-one -on -one match between Riddle and Gunther, which I think could just be absolutely mouth-watering. Um, Imperium, mainly Gunther, work Riddle over. Um, he finally gives Gunther a German suplex and brings in Owens, who just runs wild, stomps Giovanni Vinci, I think it was, sent on suplex, cannonball for two. Um, but uh, Kaiser and Vinci double-team Owens to take us to another break. Um, 
yeah, it was annoying how many breaks we had in this. Uh, it just, yeah, it, it sort of disturbed my enjoyment of this this match. But the finish, the sprint to the finish was great. So Owens frog splashes Vinci, brings in Zane, clotheslines, back body drop, Mishinoku driver for two. Gunther makes a blind tag and chops the crap out of Sami Zayn twice, I think. It's going to be feeling them today. But Zayn fires back with a blue thunderbomb to Gunther. Oh, my God. Imperium have to come in and break up the cover. Uh, everyone runs wild. Owens hits Vinci with a stunner. Zayn chucks Kaiser out of the ring. Uh, goes to Haluva kick Gunther, but Gunther manages to get him in a sleeper. Riddle breaks it up with a floating bro. Vinci comes in. Zayn gives him an exploder into the buckle. Gunther grabs Zayn by the leg as he sets up for a Haluva kick. So Owens super kicked him and Riddle... Chucked him over the announce table. Vinci hit Zayn with a clothesline, but Zayn fired right back. Haluva kick. In comes Owen. Sent on bomb. One, two, three. Oh, a breathless finish to a great match. And uh, afterwards, as the baby faces are celebrating, Zayn looks right down the camera lens and tells Roman Reigns the titles are staying with us. I cannot wait for this match on Saturday. I thought it was just such a genius move. I thought... They were going to do the old plodding, like maybe they even have a stipulation of like the Usos versus Zayn and Owens another time. But if they don't win, they are officially out of the bloodline. First of all, I should say, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens go to Saudi Arabia. No one saw that one coming. I think we all anticipate if they were going to do something like this, it would be the the SmackDown before uh, before the premium live event, which would be awkward because they have to tape it and blah, 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 blah. But... Not only are they going to Saudi Arabia, they're facing the world champion and his unstoppable enforcer, and that rift just continues to develop. I'm banging on about this on every single podcast. I'll move on because we have to talk about this closing angle from uh, Monday Night Raw, which, again, mileage on it may well vary. You know, if you're thinking, God, They've really dropped the ball with this Cody Rhodes storyline ever since they decided inexplicably to not put the titles on him at WrestleMania. But I'm very much in the, so you're telling me there's a chance camp with this. I had a great thing today, by the way. I'm I'm sort of stepping on my own dick because I believe it's today's after news. But the rumored main event of WrestleMania, if you don't want to know this, by the way, just skip forward a minute. I'm, I'm, it's just me, so I'm not going to talk about it for that long, that long. So skip forward to like 40 minutes, and I won't talk about it anymore. Right, the rumoured main event of WrestleMania XL is Cody Rhodes versus Gunther. First of all, oh my God. genius. Second of all, that kind of has to have a world title attached to it. It should be this one. And also, if Cody's involved in that, then they can't drag out this bloody storyline to WrestleMania. So just do money in the bank. Uh, he might have a broken arm, but still, maybe that's what delays it till SummerSlam until he can call a shot, whatever. Call it in advance, obviously. Uh, and have Cody dethrone Roman Reigns and the bloodline all disintegrate at SummerSlam for me. Anyway, right. Let's close off this episode of Man Now Row because Rhodes is in his locker room. He's clutching that well, shattered arm, barely broken. It's in about four different bits. When in comes Triple H, who is... The last line of defense, I suppose, the last person who can try and reason with Cody Rhodes that, come on, mate, I don't even need to look at it. I don't even need to have a a medic assess this to tell you that you've broken your arm. And he goes to say something along the lines of, I know you're afraid that you've, and Rhodes is 
He's not having that. Stands up. I've got nothing to be afraid of, says Cody Rhodes. Triple H says, look, you're afraid of what a doctor might tell you. I'm not suggesting you're scared of Brock Lesnar. You're afraid of having it all be taken away again. I'm not questioning your toughness, says Triple H. I was the one who let you wrestle with a torn peck against Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, but this is different. Remember, look, remember what happened after that match, as amazing as it was. The year of your career, basically, that you lost after that. And Rose says, look, I know that would be bad, but what would be worse is if it all sort of went away and I was known as a coward as well. I have to go to Night of Champions and fight. And of all people to know this, you must know that best, Triple H. And Rhodes looks at Triple H, and his final line is, I'm going to Night of Champions, and I'm going to fight Brock Lesnar. And Triple H looks at him. He may well know this is a fool's errand, but God knows he's made these sort of pleas before, and he sits down with him. And Triple H pats him on the leg, and that's the closing shot. I think this is sensational stuff. It's insane. <laughs> I wouldn't fight Brock Lesnar if Brock Lesnar had both of his arms broken. But Cody Rhodes is, I mean, one of the most over, over baby faces we've seen in WWE in, I was going to say years, decades probably. And as if, yeah, fighting Brock Lesnar is not bad enough. You're fighting a pissed off Brock Lesnar who you bust open and... Fluke wind, it's a wrestling movie used. I, I disagree with the people who said, oh, he stole one against Brock Lesnar. No, he outsmarted him and outmaneuvered him in a wrestling match, which is why Brock Lesnar now wants a fight. And Cody Rhodes is going to fight him in Saudi Arabia with effectively one arm not even tied behind his back. Because if one arm had been tied behind his back, he could potentially get to a situation where he can untie that arm and use both arms one arm's just unusable because it's going to be broken. Unless, wait a second, have I just stumbled on something here? Unless they're doing the gimmick a bit like, well, it involved Triple H, actually, when Triple H broke Big Show's hand and Big Show came in with that giant cast on. That was preposterous, wasn't it? But look, I love Cody Rhodes. I'm team Cody all the way. I'll be cheering him on on Saturday. Um, and... It, <laughs> I was nervous enough already when they said it was going to be Brock versus Cody. Brock Cody 2 with Brock targeting Cody and breaking his arm already. God knows, but the momentum for Cody is, is just insane considering he lost in the main event of WrestleMania. I Like I say, I'm still more than on board. I'm driving this train for Cody on the road to SummerSlam and hopefully finishing the story. But... As always, and even more so today without the Dadly Boys being here, I'd love to know your thoughts on this show and on the, the developments with Cody's story on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can find me on there at Adam Wilborn. You can find the Dadlies on there at Michael Hamfler, at M. Sidgwick. They are literally, as I said, flying to Las Vegas as we speak um, to cover Double or Nothing. They'll be bringing loads of content from there, both in terms of the YouTube channel and podcasts, chatting all about uh, Dynamite, which they are, of course, going to, Rampage, uh, and Double or Nothing on one of the most stacked weekends for wrestling fans in quite some time. 
Um, but let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw. I'll be back later on today. Don't worry, it's not going to just be me. Andy Murray is going to be introduced or reintroduced to the wacky world of the show formerly known as NXT 2 Play. Oh! Good luck, everyone. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. I've been Adam Wilborn. Thank you for joining me. And we will see you soon. <laughs>